Welcome to Driven to Business with your host, Eddie Mayfield. Driven to Business is a business forum program that focuses on success principles in business. And now, it's time for Driven to Business. Good morning. I'm Eddie Mayfield. This is Driven to Business. We're going to be talking about sales today. I know it's kind of a dirty word for some people. But if you sell, or put it this way, if you own, run, or have a significant position in any business, you do have to sell. And, uh, you know, it's a funny thing about that. None of us like being sold. Most of us like to buy at times. We do not like being sold. I find this true in myself. I like to observe myself occasionally. I, I was in a, uh, a a guitar store the other day, and I hadn't been in, in there before. I was just poking around over in some guitars and some equipment, looking at things. And a salesman, uh, you know, on the floor there walked up to me. And you all know what he said. He said, can I help you? And you probably also know what I said is a knee-jerk response. No, thanks. Just looking. Well, that's where we are, isn't it? We don't want anybody selling us anything. Even if we like what we're seeing, we don't want to sell uh, anything. On the other hand, you know, there's a local guitar store that I've been in a number of times. I know the people in there. Uh, I've bought a number of things from from them. And when I'm in that store, when I go in, I first greet them. I talk to them. They're maybe behind the counter, maybe busy with a customer. I just sort of wave at them as I go by. And a little later on, usually one of them will walk over and say, "What do you? What do you? You look at anything special?" And I'll say, "Well, yes, I have or no, I'm not." It's a different attitude. And you know what it is? Is that I have a relationship with those people. So when they walk up and ask me a question, we have a bit of a trust factor going on there. Uh, I, I, they know I'm not. I may or may not be buying anything today, so there's no pressure from it. I, I might be. But, uh, you know, since we have a relationship, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of automatically, uh, uh, my guard's sort of gone down, and and, uh, and and it just works better. You're probably the same way. You're probably exactly the same way. Which, that is to say, again, back to the idea, we like to buy. We don't like to be. So, so the trick is, the trick is to uh, sell if this is possible, to sell without selling. I know that sounds like a misnomer. Peter Burke wrote a, a really good book uh, that, that that you can go to Amazon and download the e-version of very inexpensively, and it's called Unselling, How to Sell Less and Win More. It's a really good book and and a, a great sales book about how to, to do that exactly. And what it boils down to is relationship selling, as some people would define it. Peter doesn't use that term exactly. But the idea is to enter into a uh, make, make your uh, your presentation to people about them, not about you, and to understand that you're entering this uh, conversation or with them or this presentation. You could call it that with them, uh, not to uh, hawk your products and services so much, but rather to discover what they need. And how that you, and if there's any way you could help best meet their needs. And going into that, there's sort of a caveat there that there is a possibility that you can't meet their needs. Have you ever wondered why people don't buy from you? Why don't people buy from you? Um, if you're in the whatever business you're in, there are you know you probably have some customers. You probably there are probably a lot more people that could be brought buying your product or service, whatever it is, that uh, than buy from you, right? So why do the people that don't buy from you, why don't they buy from you? That's a good question to ask yourself. You know, one of the very simple things maybe may be they don't know you. 
you know, if uh, you can have the best product or service in the world on, on, on in, in any field you want to name, but if I don't know about it, and even if I badly need that product, and, and, I, and I would be a great customer for you, if I don't know about you, well, then how am I going to buy from you if I don't know about you? So one, one of the, the early points of selling is to be sure that your information is out there. There actually are. You'd be surprised how many people will buy from you just from knowing you're there. Now, I've said on a program many times, I'm not in retail. I've never been in retail. I don't pretend to understand retail, so I'm always very careful what I say about retail. But but one thing I do know from having friends that are in retail is that locations are everything in retail. Why is that? It's because you're in a location where people see you as they're walking by and do business with you. That's why, uh, uh, you know, that you'll find a McDonald's and a Burger King and a Wendy's all in the same little general area. Well, that's not an accident. It's because by doing that, people that are looking for, you know, fast food hamburger are going to drive to an area where there's fast food hamburger places, and perhaps they'll choose yours from being there. But again, they, if they, they just have to know you're there. Now, many of us are not walk-in um, retail-type businesses. I su- suspect most of you are not. And so we have to take a few extra steps. Our location is not as important. So we have to uh, get the word out in a variety of other ways, and, and, and that, can, that, can, that can be done in a variety of ways. Um, an obvious one is advertising. You can advertise. Advertising is usually quite expensive. It depends on how you do it. And, and, and let's say you print up a bunch of really nice brochures for advertising with well, a question then becomes, well, who are you going to give that to? And, uh, and even a better question is going to be, once you do this brochure, is it actually going to, is anybody going to be, in, are they going to keep the brochure? You know, uh, back when I, I was doing, uh, handling the marketing department for a, like pretty much I was a marketing department for another little company out in Texas, it used to uh, bother me to no end. When we would design some really good-looking um, brochure, really slick. Uh, this was before the days when people had all these printers at home and everything. So we spent a lot of money getting it professionally printed and professionally designed and all this. And it used to bother me no end to uh, uh, figure out that guys were just, after I left, guys were just throwing those in the trash. But you know what? That, that's the reality of life because we all are all so inundated with information. If all you, if, if you haven't impressed them to where they ever think they're going to use you at all, that's what happens to that really nice brochure. So it, that may be, uh, uh, I'm not suggesting you don't get nice literature. It may be that's a big deal. This day and age, it does appear that uh, there may be better ways and even less expensive ways to do that. For instance, uh, an, you know, an obvious one is a web page. Uh, get somebody to go to a web page. Video is a big deal these days. It's a huge deal these days. Our company, I'll be honest with you, we have not done as much of that as we should do, but I do see more and more people selling by using video. But, you know, people have to have a reason to look at a video. If I'm uh, uh, going to, uh, if I'm looking at a uh, buying a, a, a new car, for instance, a particular type of car, and I go online, and there's a video uh, presentation of that guitar, uh, excuse me, that car or truck. And, you know, it goes through all the features and what's in there and all that. I, I, I mean, And I, I bought a, 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 a truck here not too long ago, and I did exactly that. I went online and looked at a very well-produced video telling me all about that truck and um, 
what his features were and how it worked and this, that, and the other. And you know what you're sort of doing? Here's what happens if you just, I'm looking at this from a customer viewpoint, a prospect viewpoint. You begin to sort of visualize yourself there. I think the same thing is true with real estate, really nice real estate and other things. You uh, the, the the person looking at that begins to visualize himself in that house. And that's the power, really, of video. That's a lot more powerful than uh, printing up a, a, a color brochure and handing it out. And this goes back to another thing that we've talked about many times in here. It's not, uh, you know, maybe you print up 500 brochures and hand out 500 of them and you do a video and only 10 people watch the video. I, I would be willing to bet you those 10 people that watch that video are much more likely, much more likely to be an actual prospect for the product or service you're selling than took that brochure. Because how hard is it to take a brochure from somebody? It was not hard at all. You hand me a brochure, I take it. When you leave, I put it. I either throw it away or maybe I feel I would feel bad about that since you came in. So I'll sit it on my desk. You know what happens is after a week or two, more stuff sits on And I don't know about you, but I'll, I'll end up with a desk full of things. And finally, I'm in there one Friday thinking I've got to clean my desk off. And I start looking through and just tossing things. And uh, that, that one goes in the trash. And, and as your brochure does that too. So, uh, again, why don't people buy from you? They don't know about you. A big part of selling is making sure that people find out about you. We'll talk a little bit about that. The other part about it is keeping customers after you get them. If you get a customer, to keep them, it's a, you know, it's pretty hard. Uh, I've never been in this, but it, it would be so hard to be in a one-shot type of business. Some of you may be in businesses like that. If you are, um, my hat's off to you, because that's a, that's a very difficult business where you only do business one time with somebody. Uh, well, that means you're constantly, constantly, constantly having to find brand new customers all the time. Whereas in most cases, it's a lot better if you can keep a customer and build a relationship with that customer. I think the one-shot business routine, really, my advice to that, if you're thinking about getting in business, that is probably a sure path to burnout. It's very, very hard to go out and constantly be finding brand new customers. It's a lot more enjoyable to be building relationships with the customers that you have and deepening your relationship with them and selling them more. They begin to buy more products and services from you. Uh, it was Jeffrey Gittin we talked about last week. And here, you know, people buy, by and large, at least 50% of sales are made on the basis of friendship, not on the basis of price or uh, um, uh, features and benefits and things like that. They're made on the, on the simple basis of friendship. So if you're not, building friendly relationships with your customers, well, then if, if he's correct about this, and I believe he is, then you're losing 50% of the possible sales you could be getting. Well, that, that's quite a bit. So the trick is to do that. You know, here's another thing about uh, uh, those of us, again, keeping my customer hat on here for a minute, looking at it from a customer's viewpoint. You know, we don't always make the correct buying decisions, do we? A, a lot of times we who are buying something know a lot less about it than we think we do. And consequently, we can buy the exact wrong thing. We can buy the the wrong automobile for the way we're going to use an automobile. We can buy, you know, and you can put that anywhere you want to put it. We can buy the wrong computer for how we're going to use the computer. And really, you would be doing, if you're the on the selling side of that, on the supply side of that chain, you'd be doing them a big favor by taking the time to educate and help them to understand that uh, that they would benefit by, you know, uh, slightly changing what they're going to get and get it a little bit better. And here's the trick. Once you develop a relationship like that with someone, 
once they're coming to you for information, once you've got a trust relationship like that, selling just gets very, very easy. You don't have to do much of it. You don't have to remember a bunch of closing techniques. You don't have to remember a bunch of uh, slick uh, sales things. You don't have to have the slickest brochure in the world. You don't have to have all of that. If you have built a relationship with somebody and they want to buy from you because they like you and because they trust you and because you are trustworthy, you are, you're not trying to rip anybody off. Uh, if this doesn't fit what they're looking for, you'll tell them, hey, you really, this isn't a good fit for you right here. You don't want this. The way that you do it uh, is not what you want to buy. I, and again, going back to my guitar, the place where I bought a guitar, the guy exactly told me that one of the times I was in there looking at a guitar and he was listening to me play. He said, you know, that's not a guitar for you. The way you play, that that's not a, I, I don't suggest you, you buy that guitar. And he explained why. And, you know, I never thought about it before, but he was right. Again, the idea of selling, why don't people buy from you? They don't know about you. Uh, and if you don't want to do a lot of selling, well, then develop relationships with the customers you have because you won't have to do a lot of selling if you have a great uh, relationship. Customers don't always make the right decision. And part of your job is to develop a trust with them and actually be trustworthy to where you have, you're looking out for them and be sure they don't and help them to make the right decision. You're listening to Driven to Business. By the way, streaming live on biz1190.com, podcast on the Eddie mayfield.com and on itunes i am eddie mayfield this is driven to business back in just a moment welcome back to driven to business i'm eddie mayfield we're talking about Sales. We're kind of talking about it in a roundabout way. I'm using the term sales as a shortcut. We're talking about sales marketing, and we're talking about building customer relationships, all of which are, are tied together. I might also add that mixed in with that is customer service. Uh, customer service really is sales, if you want to think about it. It's hard to it's hard to get around that. And and uh, you know, in our company, let's say you need more business. Where do you get it? Well, there's a variety of things you can do. Uh, and, and I had mentioned using your existing customers, but pull off that just for a moment. I'm going to go back to that in a minute, but let's pull off that just for a moment. The customer attrition, customers leaving you, is a fact of life. Uh, there's nothing you, 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 and you can do the best job in the world, and it's still going to happen to me. And here's why. People die. They move away. Uh, they get out of the business that you're dealing with. Technology changes. Uh, uh, people retire. I mean, all sorts of reasons that you will have customer attrition. And because of that, you can't 100% uh, depend on existing customers, although I'm going to go back to that in a minute. That's a a major source for increasing your business. But you also do need new customers coming into the top of the pile there to replenish them um, in there. uh, And so it's important that you're constantly on the look for that. One of the ways to sort of think about that a little bit, I'm very much of a smaller is bigger attitude. You know, uh, occasionally when I get asked to help people uh, sort of give them advice in business, and, and I, I, one of the questions I'll ask is, who are your, who's your most likely customer? And sometimes since people haven't thought this through at all, they'll say, well, you know, really anybody is a, is a prospect. Well, I usually correct them and say that that's, that's not true. If, if everybody's a prospect, then nobody's a prospect. That's not a way to do business. You really need to think that through. Think through who uh, who's the most likely type uh, of business or person or whatever it is to buy from you. And once you figure that out, well, then start just keep, you know keep keep drilling down, drilling down, drilling down. 
the smaller you can get that universe, the more successful you're going to be. Bigger, excuse me, smaller is bigger in the world of marketing. The more you can hone in, the tighter you can drill down, the more successful you're going to be at it. Now, back to existing customers for a minute, which is in, in, in relation to this. You know, one of the things you can do is figure out very carefully, and, and a lot of it, it amazes me how many people have not done this. Go through your existing customers and just sort of list them out and figure out what it is that they buy from you. Sort of do a little matrix, like draw a, draw a little chart. And on uh, one side of that chart, uh, you know, just put down uh, uh, the, the different types of customers you have. And, you know, in our example, it would be like, Industrial customers and uh, HVAC customers and OEMs and uh, uh, dry manufacturers and uh, 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 resellers and people, you know, whoever, whatever a broad definition of the kind of customers you deal with in in, in your business on the left side. And then across the top, start listing the the services and products you provide, you know, whether, uh, you you know, it's uh, repair services or uh, uh, new equipment or software or whatever it is that you do. And then start going through and making a matrix about which one of those customers do you sell is most likely to buy software, for instance, or repairs, or or, or you know whatever you sell. Who's most likely to do that? And that's a, that's a that's a great little discipline because what happens is you end up with a little bit of a of, of a of a of a product customer matrix. It will it'll help you to visualize how you ought to be honing in if you really need to increase your service business. Well, now you've got a little, you've got a bit of a blueprint for it because, you know, not every, if, if you've got, you've got, you know, four classifications of customers there and two of them by service and you want to increase your service, well, concentrate on those two types, not on everybody. That's just a quick little way to, to begin burrowing down and narrowing down. The other thing is, as time goes on, you have to adjust your market. And a lot of things come into play with that. I can tell you in our company, we have to, do, we've had to do this a number of times. We're doing it right now. Business lines and services that were very profitable for us at one time uh, don't necessarily stay profitable. You know, markets change. Markets mature. Technology moves on to where something you were doing for somebody and you did it, uh, you know, for five or six years at a very profitable level, that's no longer profitable to do. And you have to understand that. And, you know, riding a sinking ship down to the bottom of the ocean is never a good idea. It's much better to to uh, either get on another ship or or, or at least steer that thing out of, out of the storm and figure where you're going. So so again, adjust your market. It's something you need to do. And as you do that, perhaps as you're looking around, you know we need uh, to find new customers. This is an area that uh, uh, you know we've got one or two customers in this area over here. This seems like a really growth area. And you do your homework and you find out that you know that really is they they really are using a lot of service product, whatever is whatever it is that you're selling. Well then, well, then begin looking for those people, figuring out where they go, what trade shows do they attend, uh, what publications do they read, what blogs do they read, and, be, and begin to build relationships with them and selling. You know, one of the, uh, again, because sales is kind of a bad word for a lot of people, one way is a lot better, isn't it, when people are calling you about something. Well, here's one way to make that happen. Start helping them out in their generic field with information. If you uh, begin writing blogs about, uh, uh, you know, uh, whatever business they're in, learn some, learn enough about it to begin writing blogs about it, write interesting blogs. And as you begin to uncover these people, send them links to the blog. Say, hey, I wrote a blog about your uh, industry here. I'm interested in what you think about it. You'd be amazed at the feedback 
you get about that. And, and you know, they may write back and say, hey, I think you're way off base on that and, and, and tell you more about it. And you say, wow, I, th- I appreciate you telling me that. But you know what you've done in the process of that is you've built a relationship with them, a relationship that can turn out to be very profitable for you. So, again, as you adjust your business and you begin to look at new markets and perhaps uh, expanding your business into it, even, even if it isn't a completely new market, expanding into a, into a, into a, 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 a uh, at least increasing your business in, in a perhaps a little business that's been a bit of a niche from you, and you can you can do that. Much better, I think, than walking down the street, um, you know, uh, shouting at houses as you pass by, they will about, which is sort of the, you know, I'm, I'm exaggerating, of course, but that, that's the that's sort of the ultimate of cold calling, isn't it? Uh, going by and yelling at people, not having an idea what they're doing. I really like, uh, I, I used him in the program last week, uh, Jeffrey Gidham. I think he writes a great uh, blog, and I, re- I like his books. They're short and uh, kind of to the point. And, uh, and and I do a lot of his reading. You know, how do you start? How do you how do you do the things that you do? And, and you can read people like Gidham and many others in this field that help to do that. Well, in the first place, you start with a very basic philosophy. And, and here's what that philosophy can be. This is one of the Gidham's little things, is that, the philosophy should be that uh, you give value first before you ask for value out of somebody. Now, some of us probably do that almost naturally. Some of you probably do. You do that sort of naturally. If you're the kind of person that does that naturally, that's great. You, 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 can, have, you can get a lot of success out of that. Some of you may have to work on this a little bit. You know, when you have got a, uh, a prospect out there, the first thought is, what can I get out of him? Well, if you will just discipline yourself to say, what can I do for him? And, and here's another thing. You need to believe in a product and service you're selling. You know, we, I'm the electronic motor drive business, and we have a saying in our company that no one anywhere is better at drives than we are. And we believe that. I mean, we believe that. And I don't care if you're talking comparing us to a multinational, multi-billion dollar company. In that little area, that little tiny pond that we play in, we're better than anybody. And we and we'll tell anybody that. Our people, our employees tell people that. You know why? Because they believe it. Now, you know, just us saying it doesn't make it true. We have to work at that. And we have to work at it all the time. And occasionally we do stub our toe somewhere. And when we do, we uh, we try to figure out, where, how do we fall down in this area? After all, we're the best in this business. We have to stay the best in this business. So what do we have to do to be the best in this business? Well, again, that gives you a lot of confidence when you go talk to somebody and you say, look, nobody's better at this than we are. And you, and you can say that without any hyperbole or, uh, uh, or, or, or feel like you're lying to them at all. You can point them to articles that have been written about you. You can look, get them to go, hey, go, hey, go search this term on Google, and you'll notice we're the number one search that comes up, and there's a reason for that. More to come on Driven to Business. I'm Eddie Mayfield. Keep in mind, today's program will be podcast on eddiemayfield.com. If you're about to drive, get to your house. We're streaming live on biz1190.com. I'm Eddie Mayfield. Back in just a moment. Welcome back to Driven to Business, Eddie Mayfield. We're talking today in sort of generic terms, really, about sales and uh, how to get more of it and uh, how to perhaps uh, get your business. I would also add in how to have a lot more fun running your business by building sales relationships with people that you enjoy. You know, the idea, the whole idea of, uh, of the, that many of us grew up with a stereotypical sales type 
is it's these uh, very loud, uh, sort of obnoxious, uh, hawking people, you know, that are sort of hawking goods and wares and, and sort of a necessary evil you put up with and uh, you expect them to lie to you and all that. Well, let me tell you, uh, in, in real life, people like that are rarely successful. Let me tell you something else that, that may be encouraging to some of you that are not particularly outgoing, gregarious people. Some of the most successful salespeople that I've ever met in my life have been very quiet, introverted people who uh, are just trustworthy. They just are trustworthy. People just trust them, and you know, and they trust them because they are trustworthy, and they they uh, are, are not in it. Uh, they, they always look out for the other guy. They speak quietly. They and, and when they speak, they know what they're talking about. And consequently, people like them. They trust them. They do business with them. Now, you may be a different kind of personality. You may be a glad-handing guy that really likes uh, telling jokes and cutting up with people. There's a place for that, too. And you need to be the same thing. At the same time, you need to be trustworthy on that level. Don't, if you're exaggerating something for uh, and as a joke, be sure you tell them you're exaggerating. Don't, don't be sure they understand it. You, you don't believe that either. You're telling the truth, and you know if you're if you're able to use humor, humor is such a great uh, leveler. If you can if you can use humor with people, uh, they will remember you. That's such a it is such a great way to do sales. You know when you're talking to a customer, and, and you're in effect trying, you know you're you're talking to them about, and, and you're hoping they'll begin using your product or services, whatever those may be. You need to try to always, and this is easier said than done, but try to always look at what you're telling them from their viewpoint. Because too often we go in, you know, we learn all about our product or our service, and we learn all the ins and outs about it, and we can, we can wax uh, eloquently on this particular feature or that particular feature or, uh, you know, why this technology is so much better than that technology and da-da-da-da-da. And at the same time, we're, we're not really listening to the customer because none of that's important to him. Again, it goes back to that uh, thing we've said many times, and, and, and you need to listen. You know, a large part of selling to somebody is listening to them. You need to listen to them. People will tell you what they value if you'll just listen. They'll tell you that. And so learn to ask questions. Learn to ask really good questions to find out about their product. Look at it from their viewpoint. Personalize it as best you can. You know, um, I know you like to do this, and this is while you're doing that. This one will do. You know, this product is going will uh, allow you to do. You know, whatever the thing is that you're that, that, that they've told you they really enjoy doing, and you can say, you know, and, you know, whatever again, whatever service you're talking about, try to make it personal as to how it benefits and helps them, based on what they've told you. Uh, is a value to them, not on the basis of what you just figure you just think is valuable to them. If you think it's valuable to them, ask them and 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 let let them tell you. Don't 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 do all the talking. You know, again, uh, you, you hear lots of different. I've seen lots of different sales techniques and, and trainings about this, but generally speaking, you you should listen about twice as much as you talk in a presentation. And and if you're going to talk with somebody and it's the first time that, you know, the guy doesn't know you very well, it's the first time you've been there, uh, he may not open up to you right away. But one way you can do that is begin to ask him, um, not uh, not rude or, or overly probing questions, but just get him to tell you about himself, tell you about his family, tell you how, where were you educated, where did you go to school, how did you get in this business, um, what, where am I, why, what made you decide to get in this business, you know, do, do, do you... You enjoy being in this business, is, is, is and you know I've actually asked people before, you know, in a 
in a situation say, hey, is it fun doing what you do? <laughs> you get an interesting response out of people when you say that. And they may say, well, they usually will joke with you. say, well, most of the time it is, but occasionally, and then they are going to tell you what really bothers them. We'll be listening to that. And if what you're doing, if you have a way to help them on the things that, that bother them, well, then you should do that. Now, don't be phony about this. If you can't, if your product or service isn't helping them, don't, don't try to pretend it is. I mean, you, you, let it go. And, and the uh, deal, you, you need to also know very clearly what your competitive advantages are. And it has nothing to do with competitors. It has to do with what what is a very, here's what it has to do with something that's very important to a customer that you really do well. Uh, that may take some thought on your part to come up with that. That may not be a little pat answer you come up with, but once you figure that out, what you can do really well that is important to that customer, that's a powerful, powerful thing. And and you you can uh, you can land sales with that you know try to try to transition from being a salesperson to being a resource you know we uh, it, that's a great thing in our there in our company and it's something I've noticed all my life you know when you're there's such a difference between um, when you first call on somebody and they don't know you and you're you know you want them to use you and all the ins and outs that, that are involved with that there's such a difference from once they have used you. And you did a good job for them, and now they trust you, and now they want to call and talk to you about all the problems uh, it, with that in that particular part of the plant or, or business operation they've got going on, and want to and want to get your advice on it. Where now you're a resource for them. Well, that is a great place to be. Number one, you've built a relationship. Number two, you've got to trust that uh, they trust you. And number th- and, and and number three, they look at you now as an expert and a resource in your field. You know, one way to do that that we do a lot of this. We don't like making just straight sales calls. Now, again, this may apply to you. It may not. We do a lot of lunch and learns and seminars and things of that sort. Now, again, I'm in a very technical business, and uh, so we sometimes set these lunch and learns up. They're, they're kind of nerd voodoo kind of things, really, You know, where you're going to talk to them about stuff like a, a, a power line harmonic uh, um, mitigation and, and things that would bore a lot of people to death. But if you're in that business and you're having a problem with harmonics in um in an industrial facility or something, you might be, and you're the maintenance guy, you might be quite interested in that because you're having problems with it. Well, again, we go in and do a, a lunch and learn for them. And we may end up not selling anything during that lunch and learn. We may not even make any kind of a sales presentation during that lunch and learn. In fact, very often we don't. But we will go in there and our thoughts are, Let's let's present information to them that is, that is of value to them. When we leave there, they will have gotten some value from us being there. That that's that's the goal. Well, what, but you know what happens out of it, and, and, and you know occasionally it goes no further than that. That's all. That's there. That, that's that's life. Sometimes it goes no further than that. But we've had many many times where we've done a lunch and learn somewhere, and then you'll do a little bit of follow up, and they'll give you you know they'll maybe ask you a question or two. They'll have a they'll have a couple of questions. They'll call you back, and pretty soon they're calling you about little technical things, and all of a sudden a big project comes up. And now they want you to help specify the, the project. And they and because now you developed a friendship with them, they actually want you to get the product. Now, they probably don't have the authority just to hand you the product. There may be a bidding process to go through. But they really will help you uh, figure out, uh, within all legal means, where you should be. Uh, and, 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 and and what they're interested in since you're controlling specs. Well, again, it starts with you gave them something of value, and people like it when you give them something of value, and you're not there trying to beat them down and, 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 and just sort of get what you can get out of them. 
that's the kind of relationship you do need to build uh, with with that and, and, and get those things going. Back to Peter Burks again. He wrote this book called uh, uh, "Sell Less and Win More," which uh, we our, our our entire company has read. And that's one of the things he talks about is you you, sh- you should go into these things knowing that um, um, uh, you you may not get the project. It may be you're not the best fit, and you know it takes a lot of discipline sometimes to figure out. You know we. We're not the best fit for this. I'll tell you something from my own experience. Occasionally, uh, you know, if you if you get a job that we've always said there are worse things than not getting a job is getting a job that really is not not a fit for you because it'll cost you a fortune and I get it away. I'll tell you another little, little trick that we have learned over time, and perhaps this will apply to you a little bit. You know, if somebody has, if you're a small business or a medium sized business like us. And, and a project comes up, so it's a very, very, very large project. It has a huge scope, millions and millions of dollars in scope. Uh, and, 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 you're, and it's something you can do, but your competitors, and when, you get into that, when you get up into that money range, your competitors become the very big boys. You're now dealing, you're now competing against multinational corporations that have huge sales forces, huge resources, a lot of things you don't have. You can do as good a job as they can do in this project, but again, uh, uh, they have a bit of an advantage on you in a large project. But you know what they don't have an advantage if you can do? If you can break the project down. Break the project down. Let's, and, and if you've got the relationship with the guy, you can say, you know, uh, rather than, than doing uh, this huge company-wide project, it's going to tie up a lot of stuff. And if there's a problem, it's going to really cause you a problem. Why don't we just do one location? Let's start with one location. And that way, we'll get it in. If there's anything you don't like about it, on a fairly small and controllable scale, we can do something about it. Well, that does a couple of things. Number one, it gives them a bit of a comfort factor in you. And the second thing it does is it may take that thing out of a bid situation because it's now much much less money, and, and, and you have a much better shot of getting that. Um, you're much more competitive in, in those situations. And think about it. Let's suppose you do it, and you do a great job, and it's going well. Well, what happens when the big when it's now time to do the big project? Who's who's already done this once, and who's already made them very happy? We picked up some very large projects doing this exactly. It's a great technique, and it's not a technique. Again, you're taking advantage of somebody. It may actually be to their benefit. But think it through this way first. If it's to their benefit to do this, I mean, think of it this way: if they do engage in a large project, and there is a problem, there is a huge problem. Well. Uh, it's going to be a big headache, isn't it? It may it may uh, affect their entire operation very negatively. So you talk them into it and say, Let, let's let's uh, you 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 explain to them and say, you know, why don't you just lower the scope of this a bit and let's let's bite off a piece of this at a time, and and, and then you know sort of sort of take a couple baby steps here before we take a giant step and 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 that, and that puts puts you in a much more competitive situation. We talked already about going outside and finding new customers. You do need to do that. I've got um, um, uh, some techniques I'm going to give you about that in the next um, in the next segment. It is true for most people that your best prospects very often are your existing customers, or at least you should not overlook your existing customers when looking for prospects. You, know, you can ask questions like, "What uh, service can we be providing?" Or what are they already buying? It's a very similar product to what we're selling, and the technology is about the same, and the service is about the same, and yet we are we already have a relationship with them. It's a great question to ask, and we're going to do cover a little more of that as the day goes on. You're listening to Driven to Business. I'm Eddie Mayfield. Stick around. <laughs> 
Welcome back to Driven to Business. I'm Eddie Mayfield. We've been talking about sales in a general sense, talking about, uh, you know, you know, looking at it from the customer's viewpoint, developing relationships to sell, going into these relationships, trying to see what you can do for them, not what they can do for you. And, and, uh, and, and uh, you're presenting your information to them in a way that relates to them, not as it relates to you. Listen more than you talk. We talked about all that. I, I want to spend the last segment here actually talking about some just pretty straight uh, sales uh, boilerplate things. And one of them is prospecting. Nobody likes prospecting. Nobody. And, you know, you I don't know if you're most of us probably operate in, in uh, some combination of this. But, you know, you have to look at your business and decide, am I in a mature market? And a mature market is a market where uh, in order to get business, you have to take it from a competitor. An expanding market is a market where new opportunities are coming up, new customers are coming online, new prospects are coming online, where and 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 and, uh, and you don't necessarily have to take it. There's room, in other words, for other businesses to be in there without taking the business from each other. Um, most of us operate somewhere between those two things, and with various product, you know, if you differentiate your products and services, you probably have some products that fall into an expanding market, some products that fall into a mature market. Regardless, you have to operate there. But here's how most conventional sales plans are presented to people. Um, you know, it, and, and I've been in sales jobs like this. They'll say, "All right, look, uh, Eddie, we want you to make uh, 50 calls a week, um, and 25 of them will turn out to be possible leads, and uh, and and at least 10 of those suspects, we'll call them, will prove to be a prospect. And of those three prospects, three will prove to be a qualified prospect. You visit those qualified prospects, and um, you should be able to close at least one of them. And uh, and on Wednesday, you call another 50 of them. And uh, this means that you'll have about two new customers a week, and that gives you Friday left over to attend administrative matters. And if you do this, you know, your commission is going to be, uh, uh, you'll earn about $1,000 a week off of new customers, not to mention the new business, the, uh, the uh, recurring business you're going to get. And uh, yes, how does that sound to you? Well, it doesn't sound good to me at all. Here's a problem with a business plan like that. Number one, it does not work. I've never seen that work long term. I've seen a lot of people try variations of that plan. We just call a whole bunch of people, ferret down through them, and you know, uh, play the numbers, and, and that's what that's generally called. Play the numbers. Those things you can get somebody to do that for a short period of time. Usually, it's just about impossible. In fact, I forgot where I read this. Somebody had had said that. The people that will do that long term make up about a quarter of a percent of the U.S. population. So that's been pretty hard recruiting. You're only you're recruiting people that only make up a quarter of a percent of the U.S. population. Well, that's pretty hard to recruit those kinds of people. And my also experience with that is you're develop your those the kind of people that like that kind of work are not the kind of people anybody else likes. So generally speaking, that doesn't that doesn't work too well. As a general rule, that just doesn't uh, work. Most people despise cold calling. Uh, many sales trainers will tell you to avoid it like the uh, like the plague. If you've ever been cold called, you probably didn't like being called. And uh, um, there have been some people successful at doing it, but again, they're they're far and few but between. Most marketing people will tell you, and I've already been through this with you, that you should spend time at least sixty percent of your time on your existing customers, and uh, you've already got a relationship with them. But here's what every sales plan, you, if you're just drawing one down here, here's the things it's got to do. Here's four things it's got to do. You've got to identify suspects. And a suspect is somebody that might. They're not necessarily going to buy from you, but they, they have the ability to buy from you. You've got to qualify them as prospects. You have to establish a relationship with them. And then you have to uh, 
you know, convince the people you have a relationship with, which is not too hard once you have a relationship with them, to uh, buy your product or services. One of the things that we did at our company very early on was publish a newsletter. And, and uh, I don't publish that in print form anymore, but we now have sort of swapped over to blogs. But a lot of our new leads come to us via blogs. I can't. I advise people to do that all the time. If you're doing something in the industry, write blogs about it. Write it in such a way that the search engines find it and figure out. Here's a very simple solution. Think about the people that you want to do business with, that that that, that you could do a great job for. What are they searching for? And that's not so. It may not be the easiest answer in the world. But think about it. What are they searching for? And and brainstorm about that and come up with it and figure out what that is they're searching for. And then um, be very aggressive about putting up blogs and other things that relate to what they're searching for. You know, and and, and get your there's a whole that'd be a whole other show on uh, on getting Google to do your stuff. But it isn't all that hard. You you just and there's plenty of seminars online and so forth you can do. You just write blogs containing the search terms that you think people will be searching for, and and Google will find them. You know Google wants them to find them too. If if those people are looking to find you and your information is what they need, Google wants them to find it. So you got a you got a built in deal right there. Uh, you, you know we we use a telemarketer still, but rather than cold just cold calling around all over the place, we we. We call very specific people, we, uh, you know, perhaps people that have attended a trade show. We don't just call them up and say, hey, we'd like to sell you something. We call them up and say, hey, uh, are you interested in a, a seminar or can I send you a, a link on, on something that they've indicated interest in? And again, you don't have much of a relationship with them. Uh, but you tell them you've been sending, a, you've been sending them a, some information out and, and would they like to uh, get more of that information? And the and most many times they'll say yes to you, or at least you know a large percentage I'm with. And you begin. You don't have to be pushy. You don't have to do anything of the sort. But again, you're, you're talking to somebody that's already already got a bit of an interest in the area that you're in. Who has and many times they've been to a trade show. They may have filled out a form or something, and and they so therefore they're they're at least they're in the market. Or uh, they don't want you taking up a bunch of their time. Don't call them up and try to talk to them from hours or something like that. I mean, make this make this call very quick, very brief, very much to the point. Uh, apologize for taking their time. And 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 uh, get them get them to do that. Now, here's what we did with our company some years ago. Uh, we came up with a program. Uh, and you need to uh, when you talk to somebody like this, you need to immediately determine what you're going to do with that uh, suspect or prospect right there. Uh, you either trash the lead. Now, maybe you've talked to this guy, and this this guy after you, he looked like a lead the way he filled things out. But the more you look at it, he is not a lead at all. But don't keep it around. Don't put it in anything. Get rid of it. Trash that lead. Don't don't waste your time on it. Uh, and then you could say, well, you know, he is a lead, but he only represents a very small amount of business, the best we can determine by criteria that we've got here. Well, then, okay, park that someplace, but but don't spend any more time on it. And then you find people that are more high potential leads, and you put them put them there. And by doing uh, uh, that kind of thing, by coming up with uh, with leads like that, where you have sort of already pre-screened them a bit, it makes your salespeople much much more efficient. We work industries where we have now developed a great relationship, and people know us in those industries. So it doesn't. It helps us with the marketing we've done. Sometimes we they they will call us. Uh, I say a large part of our business is people calling us. When we do call other people, many times they've already heard of us when we call, and we'll say, "Can we send you um, uh, you know a link to a seminar we're doing or our blog or something?" And 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 you know most of the time they'll say yes, and you start with that. 
and you, and you and you and maybe later a sales guy is going to be in an area and he'll call and say, "Hey, uh, uh, can we come drop by and you know, talk to you about you know whatever it does is that the blog was about they were interested in?" Many times the answer is yes, because again we've got some sort. Of, this is not a complete cold call. We've got some sort of relationship with them. It all comes down to relationships, doesn't it? It comes down to aggressively finding people in relationships and not an attempt to abuse them, but find out what do you offer? What do you offer and do that other people can't do? Again, in our company, here's what we say. No one anywhere is better at drives than we are. We believe that. What do you do that you're better than anybody else at doing? What do you do? And if you're not better than anybody else, we'll get better than anybody else. And say that with confidence. Where When you're calling somebody and you're dealing with people you, without being braggy about it or, or being obnoxious or anything else, that that's a, you sort of get that confidence down in your stomach where you know, hey, this customer will be better off. This prospect will be much better off using us for this service, and I know that. I know he's going to be. Well, that gives you a great uh, advantage, doesn't it, the fact that you think that about somebody. So anyway, Get out there and sell, even if you don't like being a salesperson, there's great ways to do it. Just build a relationship. Get people to find out what they like. Be trustworthy. Do things for them. And see if it doesn't build a business for you. Been listening to Driven to Business. I'm Eddie Mayfield. We're here every week at 11 o'clock here on Atlanta's Biz 1190. Catch your podcast on eddiemayfield.com, and I'll see you again next week. Bye. You've been listening to Driven to Business with your host, Eddie Mayfield. Visit next Saturday at 11 a.m. on Biz 1190 for more Driven to Business. To learn more about Driven to Business, visit eddiemayfield.com or call 770-448-4644.